Fuck it, the mic is on. By the way, a little legal stuff. All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely the views of Michael Hall. None of these views reflect any of the views of any company or association that Mr. Hall is affiliated with. So don't try nothing shady. And also, there's a lot of explicit raw content in here. So please be advised. Parental advisory. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm chipper now. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, cool. Yeah, I can hear you clearly. Oh, cool. So what you getting into? Uh, nothing. I was just editing. So, man, I just want to let you know, fuck it, the mic is on. Um, So, not just talking about me, Michael. Just want to let you know mm-hmm. uh, I will be recording this phone call, so don't incriminate yourself. Okay. Or say something you shouldn't say. <laughs> well, I actually say all the oh. stuff you shouldn't say, but... Just don't incriminate yourself because I am going to put this out. Oh. All right, cool. So don't talk about the work. Don't talk about the midget strippers. They got one eye. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The views of L. David Stewart do only represent. <laughs> yeah, let's get that out there right now. Everything that's about to be said about Michael Hall only represents Michael Hall. <laughs> right, exactly. The views expressed by L. David Stewart represent L. David Stewart. None of his affiliates or organizations he represents all rights reserved 2019. All right. Ditto. <laughs> now that we got that out the way, it was now, really good. I wouldn't advise you to invest with any of the advice you hear anyways. <laughs> oh, yeah, that other part, too. <laughs> we are not investors. We are only offering opinions. And if you so happen to profit, profit or loss, that is not any repercussion on us. That if you chose to take this on your own free will and accord. I hell that. If you profit, I need a cut. Figure out a way they send me some of that money. Um, Touche. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. going to be the way that go. But so, you know, I've been wanting to do something like this where I allow people to see just some of the things that entrepreneurs go through. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing too big, nothing too special. Just just some real talk, uh, a little bit more candid. I don't have a script or anything. You know how it is. But um, mm-hmm. so really, that's going to be the last bit of the formalities I'm going to go through. So let's just catch up, man. Um, what's going on with the work, man? I mean, I know you don't really want to talk about the work, but what's going on with the work? What's your creative process? How are you coming into 2020? Um, This year for 2020, well, I'm just reviewing creatively 2019 right now just to see what I did right and wrong. Um, and in 2020, I'm just making my benchmarks of what I want to hit creatively, um, and artistically. <laughs> so my biggest focus is what you mean? photography. Hold on. What you want to hit huh? creatively? What, what kind of hitting you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what marks and goals and objectives okay. I'm just as like, a photographer? Gotcha. All right. I just want to make sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just the things I want to hit um, for 2020. Uh, I have a studio now. So, you know, pushing my work uh, in my photography studio and just going beyond that. Like, I don't just want to be like the portrait photographer that tells the cheesy jokes and, Hey, come on in. So, you know, with every new goal you hit, you got to set two new goals or just to keep getting better. Cause it's easy to hit something and get lazy. So that's my thing, making sure you can sustain that creativity and get and be and do better. So, I mean, like it's kind of a recap, but like we've been talking a lot on the internet, man. And, I'm one of the biggest things that's disappointed me. I know I just hit you up. Hip hop easy isn't even up no more for us to um borrow music off of the internet. So 
What's going on with the music industry? Because, bro, I don't even have nothing to download right now. And it's getting real disappointing. You know, I think the music industry is actually in a good place. Uh, and I know that's kind of an interesting pivot. Yeah, I really would love as, to hear this. Where are you going? <laughs> as Toya would say, uh, unpack that. <laughs> all um, all <laughs> Right, take all the luggage out. Shout out to so, the crew right of Techniques and Bites, by the way, since we are doing a podcast, but I'm sorry. Right. Um. So right now, you can't buy, well, you can, but buying music is very pointless. But yet there's a lot of good music out there. The problem is, with all of this good music, we have been told that data is king in music, and that's really not true. So I'll give you a great example. Uh, the only other podcast I pay attention to besides ours is the Joe Budden podcast. Um, and on one of the episodes, they were talking about, like, well, what is a stream? And it got me thinking, like, you know, a lot of these artists and marketing people and Instagram, it's like you got to have a lot of streams and all that. But really, what is the quantified value of such an instrument? You know what I'm saying? Like, back in the day, you sold a CD for $10. That was a unit. So you could sell 500,000 units and go gold. You could have 8 million streams and have, like, $3,700 or something stupid, like Pharrell did for Happy, which was insane as much as that song was played. So what you're having is more creativity and people kind of going, well, I'm going to just find my own way to put it out. So in a weird way, the music is in a better place. But if you're in music business, you are going, no, the fuck is not. Okay. So, I mean, we see all that happening, right? But I think one of the things that bothers me is you're still talking about the aspect of music, just music, as far as like putting out a hit song or something, right? Mm-hmm. But what about what about what we're not seeing um, I would say maybe from like I was talking to my homeboy, uh, Sport, um, also known mm-hmm. as Charles. Um, just the the noises, like it was something I was noticing yesterday when I was in the gym. I'm leaving the gym, good workout or whatever. And you know, I normally call you when I'm headed to the gym, or I call you when I'm getting right. the initial part of my workout in. So I'm leaving the gym, and I got to a point now, like try not to rush life, as we've already talked about mm-hmm. with the mental mental wellness stuff. Like, okay, I'm just not going to rush life. So after the gym, I take time to actually take off the headphones, take off the gloves, sit down instead of rushing to the car, doing all that in the car. Like a lot of people that may not make no sense, but it was a small step for me. Like I don't have to rush to get home. There's nothing to do. I don't have to do this in the car. It's not worth an accident. I can sit here in the gym, get myself together, get those last couple of sips in because I normally take the Z out. So I'm driving a stick anyway. So I got to focus. Right. Mm hmm. And I turn off the Beats by Dre. It's the solos, those ones, the the wireless ones that I talked to you about six months before I finally bought them. We can talk about being frugal. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Efficient. <laughs> after six months goes by, I finally get these. Right. So I hit the button and I hear this sound when they go off. And, you know, my mind is thinking, who made that sound? Who got paid yeah. to make that sound when that thing turns off and when it turns on? And did they license mm-hmm. it out? Like, was it a one-time fee? Because if I start producing, I want to score like David Banner and Pharrell and, you know, Heinz Zimmer. I don't want to make a hot song. Like, you my homie and all, but I would never produce a track for you. I might produce a track and be like, yo, this is for the movie. Do you want to drop some bars in the movie or give me some ad-libs? But I still wouldn't make a hit song for you. 
No. And, you know, three years ago, I'd have been really offended and talked about your family lineage. But now, it would have been bars for real. I would have been battle rapping. You, just, <laughs> <laughs> you want to go A to Z? I still don't understand right. battle rapping. That's some very angry little dudes to be rapping that hard face to face. And you know what? That's a great tangent. We'll come back on. I'm going to tell you why the, this version of it is trash heat, though, to me. I was slapping you somebody. Go ahead, though. <laughs> But what you're talking about is interesting because one of my other uh, homies who's in music, and he's frat, shout to Dennis, um, he was saying years ago, music, if it ain't attached to nothing, don't mean nothing. True. And this is when I was still in my purest, like, yo, I want to make the next Illmatic, you know, and I'm a hip hop head and been for all my life. But as I've gotten older, you either have to accept that you're doing art for art's sake or it has to attach to something. Oh, we ain't like, going to talk my, about art tonight, are we? Are we going to have that conversation? <laughs> we, we might, we might divvy into that. We, we going to bounce around. All right, all right. So, so the, the sad part about music is you got people who still think that they're going to make a, they're going to meet an A&R and get signed and go on to be famous. And in 2019, if you believe that after seeing all these behind the scenes and all these specials, you're a fool. But there's a lot of people that believe that. So that's why music is kind of in this weird place. Right, Whereas so I don't mean to cut you off, but you know, we this is this is a conversation. The mic is on, I'm recording you. So I'm on right now. Right. So look, man, this is what I'm saying. I get what you're saying, I get where you're going with that. But let's talk about the real stuff we talked about. Look at the okay. numbers, right? Just pure numbers. Mm-hmm. Netflix spent how much versus how much did the music industry spend this year? Um, Netflix spent a whole lot of money, but Netflix is also in a whole lot more debt. Yeah, I don't care about nobody else's debt if you cut me a check. <laughs> yeah, but Netflix <laughs> is also <laughs> but 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 that comes with a caveat because now the the wild wild west of Netflix is is stopping as you see how they're cutting down on their com- comedy specials because for a minute everybody was getting a comedy special. But you it ain't that special. much. It ain't that much music in a comedy special, homie. But they spent fifteen billion dollars. Yeah. Right. But again, the music is attached to something. It's gonna be like, attached you to my up, account. I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. But so, <laughs> so. But music, but music has to. Music works better as a derivative versus something that's definitive now. And and that sucks because I've been an artist most of my life. But the truth of the matter is, what you said is right. Like you'd rather have your song attached to a score or advertising jingle because it's like who just listens to the radio in 2019? Nobody. Terrestrial radio. And even satellite radio has got its own fucker. So just, I mean, we both grew up in a time when you actually listened to the radio and you went and bought tapes and CDs. We've probably given our ages away. But like, when's the last time, and we both have iPods, so you already got your music set up. So if you haven't gotten it from one of your creative music sites or Dante, a.k.a. uh, Dante Pendergrass, the music selection, when's the last time you just bought a CD? Never. Exactly. So that's the problem. So, so you see the issue with artists who are like, I want to get discovered. And, and it hurts my heart to say this, but it's like, you have to think differently. You have to treat your music like a business and attach it to something. Because it's like, it's a lot of dope artists. But then you have someone, and I used to be one of these people, who would get mad at a Cardi B. Like, Cardi B don't make music for me. But what I respect about her grind is she attached it to something, and then her followers pushed her the way she needed to be. Okay, but still, like, you still talking music. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. uh, six underground. 
came on last mm-hmm. week, right? Uh, Ryan, okay. Ryan, whatever the dude that played, um, what was the movie he played in that we all like? The sarcastic dude in the black and white, black and red. Okay. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? One of the Marvel guys. He wears black and red. Mm-hmm. His face got burnt up. Oh, uh, Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool. The dude that played the lead in Deadpool, right? Right, Ryan Reynolds. Gotcha. Ryan Reynolds. So six six underground is on, and I'm watching that last night. The first mm-hmm. 23 minutes is an action scene. Now, I have two different parts in my life. I have the how did they make money? What's going on in this world? And let me just sit back and enjoy a movie. It was late. I'm eating some Heath cookies, <laughs> that but so I'm kind of caught in between the two. I haven't decided where <laughs> I'm going because I'm not sure if I'm going to sleep or not yet. Okay. All I'm hearing is the music in the background. I want to know who produced that. You see what I'm saying? Right. That's all I care about. Who produced that intro music? Who made that sound and that splash when the fake blood came across the screen? You know, you start watching movie production and you realize you're really not going to hear a forklift going through somebody's neck when they get cut. Somebody had to make that sound for the actual movie to give you that emphasis. Yeah, sound design. Yeah. Like, I just want to know who's scoring. Like, everybody wants to come out with a podcast. Like, who going to make who gonna make it for F it, this mic is on? Like, who's who's going to make my intro sound? Or who's capable mm-hmm. of doing that if I can call somebody and just be like, yo, it's just me talking to some of my friends about the stuff we talk about. Because, yeah, my friends, we do call each other and talk about random business stuff. Like, it's a business meeting and we drinking and doing mm-hmm. everything else. But this is what we do on the phone. Make something that mm-hmm. feels like that. Who can do that? It's a lot of actually. It's a lot of people who do that as far as audio engineers because that's what audio engineers are doing now. Because let's face it, every rappers don't pay. <laughs> so do you think now? Okay, so that makes sense. So is it a choice of words? Is it a difference between calling somebody an audio engineer versus addressing them as a producer? Um, depending on some of them that call themselves sound designers, so. Um, I know someone personally who had to make that transition to uh, the brother I referenced. So this guy I'm talking about is here in, in Chicago. He went from being an artist, dope producer, to realizing I can make all the dopest beats in the world, but that ain't going to really help me. So he started working with an ad agency, actually one of the big four, one of the biggest ones in the world, and started working on jingles. And then he kind of made the same connection. It's like, okay, I can make a dope beat for a whack rapper and maybe make a few hundred off of it. All right. Or I can see if I can get this jingle on a commercial and get royalties off of it for a year or two or five or ten. All right. So. And so that's that's kind of the transition a lot of engineers have made. So you know we're gonna give it we're gonna give that one a slow clap. Put that in there. Um, <laughs> I think if if that's the route we're going, right? And I feel right. that, that's cool. What's next there? Like with you, we won't talk about which city. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're going to do photography. We've seen a lot of right. whack people doing photography. A lot of people now that they have a camera that can autofocus, they think they're photographers. And we, I've heard about, you know, it's a lot of uh, my homeboy uh, up in Panama City. You know, he was talking about the yes men in the music industry. You get people in the music industry that's just telling you like, oh, yeah, it's dope. And you know that it's just straight trash garbage. Like you only mm-hmm. listen to it. Cause y'all around smoking weed with one another and you wouldn't even do right. that on your own. So you got a lot of people like that in the art industry too. 
Um, and that kind of showed mm-hmm. at some of the shows that we went to in, uh, in the Wynwood area. What are you mm-hmm. going to do in your, in your studio? What are you going to do that's going to separate you from everybody else? Um, it's simple. One of the things is I just, I do me. Like I got a background, like most photographers don't have the business capability and background that I got. So that's what I do. And then it's just, believe it or not, simple shit like customer service. Like you yeah, can have a 10 turnaround time is crazy, son. <laughs> yeah, turnaround time like, is insane. People like, how are you doing that? And, and part of it is just good customer service that, you can have a $10,000 camera, but if you can't get the work back, like, and in, in the internet time, you don't get to go to the Photoshop and drop the negatives off and get back in seven days. People want them within 12 to 48 hours. Like, that's your window. So let's stop. Here. You got to make it happen. So we, we we talked about this before. I don't understand why people are still over editing for something that's not going to be seen on something larger than a six inch screen. I'm glad you said that. Um, so with the help of this guy, Michael, I really learned how to <laughs> optimize this process, but, but, but real talk, I'm, I'm glad you, you did. And, and I'll tell you why most photographers or artists do that is because you're an artist, like artists have like this right side of their brain and they're married to it. So oh, I'm like borderline to... depressed with that. You, we can get right into that. I get what you're saying. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm borderline depressed with the basics of. Uh, perfection. And I, re- I do remember that conversation we had, you know, talking to you about, you know, they're only going to see it online. So you can pull out four of them that you might print one day, but, but I got, I got, a, I ain't gonna lie. I got a documentary. I got at least two shows from Africa just sitting on a hard drive. But that's why your personal projects become more important now. But the trick is it's, it's easier to do personal projects when your bills is paid. Like a lot of True. artists, do these like feel good projects and then you you bartending and doing uber hoping you're gonna get discovered like that's not the move in 2020 like get stable you know do what you got to do so you can do what you want so for me going back to your original question it's like i make sure once or twice a month i just shoot something that i want to shoot for fun for free you know where i'm exploring a concept or a technique because you can't explore concepts and techniques when you got clients like i need this in 12 to 48 hours (laughs) I mean, like, for me, like, every piece of me is almost like, oh, man, like, right now I'm listening to myself talk. I wish I could forge my voice and do impersonations because I have some stuff that I would put out. And I would do it if mm-hmm. I could just do voiceovers. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, somebody else will come and compliment you and be like, man, I love your voice. You know, that, that little bit of that country twang and the way you talk, it, it just, it works. It really works. And so it seems like we spend so much time critiquing ourselves versus just... I mean, to me, the most people that are really successful are the people that just put the stuff out there, kind of like what I'm planning on doing with this. It's not going to be edited. Um, I'll call sport. That's still my boy, so I'm still loyal. Or um, self-born. It's one of the two people. Mm-hmm. I'll get a track, put an intro on it, make a quick logo, and put this up so people can hear these conversations. Because you have entrepreneurs that's always like, hey, man, you know, I just want to talk. Well, I don't really know mm-hmm. you. I like you like that. So unless you got that pick my brain free fee, I'm going to call some of my, <laughs> I'm going to call some of my friends. So, and that's another Trademark thing. Michael Hall. <laughs> Just let the record reflect. Look, man. So if you ain't got that pick my brain feed, like it's not about even being mean no more, man. It's just, bro, I'm tired. Like I'm exhausted. 
but you're, but a lot of that exhaustion and we talk a lot about this is um just from doing like the stuff that we need to do to survive like in the ideal world we're artists doing what we do but our bills are paid and we can be creative like no one likes having these real artist talk conversations like it's hard as fuck to be creative when you don't know how you're paying your mortgage or your rent and things like that and yeah when you thought we watched bikini shots in miami yeah (laughs) yeah well see well i wasn't going that route i was going fine art because i don't i don't just take pictures of thoughts but you see, know, like that's that. the funny and, part, though, right? So fine art mm-hmm. in South Florida has become so popish; it's no different than the bikini. I mean, it now it is. I would like, agree. It looks like Instagram thoughts in a frame, right? Or they just tape bananas to something and take a picture next to it. So <laughs> whoopsie. Wasn't even gonna talk about that. Still don't get it. Still don't understand it. And I understand somebody post something. I think it was James. You know, the fact of great mm-hmm. fine art. It was somebody on James post. It wasn't James. The fact of great fine art is something that's provocative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Kanye was provocative, but everything he comes out with isn't great. I just think some things are just pure trash. And we've said it before. I've said it on the show and I'm definitely going to say it on this show. Art is the oldest cryptocurrency we have. It is. They just wash so money subject- in front of us. And it's, and also it's because it's so subjective. Like, you know, sometimes you can make a hot take. Like for instance, the people know me, who know, I mean, it's just like, I've never been a fan of Jean uh, Michel Basquiat. Do I respect his art? I respected his process, but his actual art, I'm not a fan of. I'm just more hurt that all the money that Sotheby's and them have made off of him, him and his never got to see any of it. So we was but talking that. Okay. That was dope. Keep going with that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a pin in. You know, come that. You know what I'm saying? So like that's that's a lot to take in with art, and I think a lot of artists see like, oh well, if Basquiat's crown is popular i'm gonna add six points to it and draw it with a sharpie you know what i'm saying it's just like music it all comes full circle like drake was dope when he came out but then the industry was like we need to make another drake or Nicki minaj was dope when she came out now all these girls are talking like barbie dolls with helium shoved down their throats in the cia interrogation that's not cool it's not cool everything everybody wants to replicate versus individualize and create and that's art across the board right you just don't have a lot of stuff that's going to come off to be unique itself or you know what i'll, I'll actually re- take that back it is it's just that the powers that be, either the powers that be are, are super conservative because it's no different than tech innovation where it's like the innovators are risky the people with the money are conservative or the people who are creative just aren't as exposed or pushing themselves to be seen by the masses or the masses don't want to see them. Like we can take any industry and talk about this. Like, can you imagine the person who thought when Jay-Z started out with Rockefeller, you know, with Dame and them, like they didn't want to give them a deal and they were like, all right, we're going to make our own lane. Could you imagine the sucker being the person that was like, Oh, I turned down Jay-Z. Look at him now. You know what I'm saying? But people are so scared. People want the the creativity, but they don't want the struggle. Right. We was talking about that, though, with Will Smith turning down the Matrix role. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What would have it been like? But also, I don't know if it would have been that big of a hit, regardless how good the series was. I think Reeves just, he fulfilled that role. But Yeah, Will would have been trash in the Matrix. Like, Keanu Reeves, Eric, Will, I mean, Keanu Reeves' aloofness and airheadedness worked so well for that movie. You couldn't have. Only other person who could have done better was Nicolas Cage. So you're basically saying that man is an airhead in real life? 
No, he's actually a very nice, <laughs> like, just... sweet person that helps people. You know, he's been through yeah, a he's lot. A cool dude. His... I seen him on the trains and stuff. I remember that that viral post that yeah. was on Facebook. But but he's he's not your like method. He's not Joaquin Phoenix in terms of depth of acting at all. Like he's just simple. But it it the Matrix was so complex because of that simplicity. Like Will Smith would have been nah. He would have been trying to inject humor in it. Whereas Keanu Reeves was accidentally funny with how he handled stuff. So yeah, it's just all about knowing. Corny. Exactly. Like it's all about placement. And I think creatives now don't know how to create on a macro scale. It's like, I want to create this for this Instagram post or this campaign, but no one is creating for timelessness. Like when you look at even stupid comedy, like three stooges, it's timeless because it's so it is what it is. Or Richard Pryor is timeless because he was what he was. Like everyone now is, Oh, Kevin Hart makes these kind of jokes. I'm going to make these kind of jokes or, these rappers do this, I'm going to do that. And that's the part that makes art and entertainment like cornball now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't don't disagree with it. I mean, it definitely it's is tough. what it is to some of it. Mm-hmm. Some of it is just pure trash, though. Yeah, it, 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 it's a lot of trash, like a lot of trash. And, and that brings me to another point, like, we got to start calling trash, trash. Like, you know, even if your friends, your, your, your significant others, your baby mamas. I agree. Like, the if yes they making trash. You got to get away from the yes man. Because it's like, you know, as my father would say, you know, that ain't your friends. Like, if your friends can't be like, hey, man, that ain't your best work. Like, everything you do is not dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if it is, you need to stop hanging around them because they're lying to you. Because then you meet real dope people like us, and then we'll tell you you whack, and then we hate you. I do remember. Remember that one conversation when we, me and you, was talking, and um, it was like one of the first things I think you had did for Venture Cafe, and I stopped mm-hmm. you and I was like, "Yo, this ain't it. This ain't what you need to be doing." Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it was true. Like looking back, it was just like you know, because I hadn't had no one that I respected creatively that could tell me, "All right, this wasn't a move." That was Cause a risk because that could have ruined and and certain people. That could have ruined our friendship. I mean, true, but the, uh, in my case, is I'm a I'm an educator by by one of the things I do. Right. So it's like you can't tell people they suck or they're not doing good, and you can't receive feedback. Like a lot of artists can't receive feedback, and my thing is like the work you've done with Nike and other people. Like, all right, I trust this man's judgment outside of being my friend, and I would hope even if he didn't have that background as a friend, like. My dad ain't got a lick of art in him, but he'd be like, son, I don't know whatever the hell that is, but that looks crazy. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? I would say I probably have collaboratively. I like, yeah, I'd be making up words. I just want y'all to know that way till we get this whiskey on the show. Um, mm-hmm. no, but in a the collaboration there, I think like I'm probably less talented than I was three to four years ago, but I have a higher capability of reading people and knowing what they expect or what they want. That comes with experience. Like a lot of stuff that, I, that mean, I do, I personally just don't like it. There's a lot of stuff I design that once I hit send after reading the notes from the client, I'm internally disgusted. I sent off one of those projects today. But, but the part, <laughs> that's fucked up. Because it's one but of the, the people I CC'd you on, so you know what the shit I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, that was pure bazura. But I get it. You know, but but what you have to do then is make sure you do something that you enjoy. And, you know, I've been pushing that. So 
Let me tell you, you okay, know, so like I said, let's, let's get into the mental wellness of this. Because we've been, <laughs> I've been meaning to talk. Yeah, I get it. I'm supposed, I don't, en- I don't enjoy the clientele. I still enjoy the craft. The things I enjoy are the music and the craft. Because normally when I'm mm-hmm. designing, it's 90s, early 2000s. I take that back. It's actually late 70s to the early 2000s R&B. Like, that's just my happy mm-hmm. zone. In the car. I'm the dude slow dancing at the gym. Like I'm not in there getting crunk. That's just not my thing. I'm normally trying to relax. So it's like first half I'm listening to a podcast about money or something. Second half I'm listening to the music, but I don't like it no more. I don't like it because I don't see the advancement of like, it's like, uh, uh, Oh boy. It's, uh, Gina Coy, Gina Coy. When somebody was like, <laughs> I'm just disappointed in her music. Cause it hasn't advanced. Yeah. I get that. But it's still good music. But you do want to see people take a chance. And she's just in a very good comfort pocket zone. Like, if you listen to her last four or five albums and EPs, they sound like one continuous album. I don't want my work to be one continuous piece. I mean, I have some stuff where I was painting, like John Michael Basquiat. And real quick, did I tell you about the cat that I met from Up Your Way that was painting like uh, Basquiat and had no idea who he was? <laughs> no, but I'm not surprised. So it was like to me, I was trying to figure out is this nigga running game? Like, is he being serious? Because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe him. Because he had the wording, he had the scripting, and he had the three pointed crown and everything, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I believe you that you didn't know that's who you was replicating because the only person that Basquiat replicated was Purvis Young down in Miami. And mm-hmm. they did the same thing to Purvis that they, they doing the same thing to Purvis that they do, did to Basquiat, but Purvis had way more pieces. So, you know, they went through and when Purvis died, they just hit the estate with a whole bunch of money, little money. And then collected up about 95% of his collection. And now they selling it like same thing with Basquiat, you know, 10 X the price of what they bought it for. So mm-hmm. it was hard for me to believe. I'm like, bro, you, you doing the same thing as him, but you didn't understand it. So that's when I gave him one of the curator ideas. When I was talking to him, I was like, look, man, this is what you're going to do. I don't want to figure out from somebody else what your piece was supposed to mean. You're going to go to Amazon when you get home and you're going to get some jump drives. You're going to record on your mm-hmm. phone the story about these pieces of art. You're going to have all these conversations and on the phone, and you're going to drop them onto the jump drive. Then you're going to tape that drunk jump drive onto the back of the piece of work. Then you're going to upload it somewhere where it's always accessible for the person who owns the art. But your story will be with art. Same thing, you know, basically what we want to do with Curator. And the funny mm-hmm. thing is, it was one of them conversations, David, where it was like my good in the world was to tell him this idea. But my expectations mm-hmm. of the world, I know he didn't go home and buy a jump drive before he bought a new pair of shoes. Nope. But you know, it's not your job. Like you got, we got to stop taking it personal. Like when you give, I mean, when you give information to people, it's up to them to use it. Like you share some things with me that made me a better editor and more efficient. I could have been like, ah, I'm not going to take it. It's like, I can't get mad if I give someone game and they don't take it. But what I won't do is but keep giving But you still got to put game. that in context, though. I didn't really give yeah. you, I didn't give you, I didn't give you skill for information. I gave mm-hmm. you a lower expectation of what people are going to expect of you. And I felt you were just going too far. 
but that was actually game because you you stop burnout. Like True. so, the value of that for me was I shoot digitally twelve hundred photos. So why why are you gonna go through twelve hundred of these photos and put your soul in twelve hundred photos for a client that really wants three? <laughs> like that was eye opening. <laughs> that was like eye opening because it's like all right. You take the ones that the client won't. Then if you want to put your own sauce on it, then you do that. But why are you killing yourself? So the value of that made me even more efficient because I was still turning work around doing all that editing. Now I turn around better quality editing and I'm not looking like I just got hazed from being up all night. Because you were pretty much pledging because you were up to three or four o'clock almost every time you was, especially when you was down here at your second home. I don't know right, how you exactly. working up there in the, in the shop, but I know when you was down here in MIA, your bedtime was pretty much three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. Oh no, dude! I I usually go to bed now between eleven to twelve. You know, I drink Look a lot more water. My up, skin's clear. Growing up, <laughs> right? How much water are I you mean, drinking? Because I I feel at some points I drink too much. I'm about I'm close to like eighty plus ounces. I don't even know how much I'm supposed to drink. <laughs> I'm gonna Google this while we talk. Supposed to drink sixty four. I do between forty and sixty seven on average, especially if I'm running around. So, I mean, it's stuff like that because then it's fun to be creative. Like that's the other part. Like the other part of being creative is sometimes not doing anything. Order. Shit, go ahead though. <laughs> you, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> like sometimes the best thing you can do to be creative is don't do nothing. Like you need time to do nothing to just veg out and just like look at the birds on something like that's complicated sitting still is real complicated for a creative mind i have anxiety bro i swear i wake up reaching for my phone like you know with the medical stuff i've been going through the dreams are lucid as hell i need to put i have the ipad by the bed but i gotta start going to the bathroom and just like micro journaling I don't even know if mm-hmm. that's a word, but that sounds dope. But I need the audio Bruh. journal, like my thoughts. Audio journal, are crazy. Evernote, audio journal, Evernote. Like I've developed a system to like memorize my dreams when I wake up. So I can almost tell you detail my dreams. Um, I told you about that one time of- when I was high off of that cookie and I thought I was yelling <laughs> in the phone, but I wasn't. That's <laughs> a hell of a cookie. <laughs> it was a TAC cookie. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that was from LeBetsy with Naturally Buzz, bruh. I thought I was so hot. Like I, one day I'm gonna play that 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 audio. I thought I was yelling into the phone, and like I go back, so it sounds like this, what? Right? bruh. Huh? Do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? <laughs> but so it's worse than that, right? So I'm in there, I'm on the I'm on the thing, and I'm like, yeah. And then such and such. I don't even remember the dream no more. It was a crazy movie idea, and um, and I'm like, yeah, but. I need to quit yelling. I'm so loud right now. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm literally talking like that the whole time. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that was my voice was at the same level. But um whatever those lucid drugs did to me. Um <laughs> I did that in California while it was legal. Yeah. Um but anyways, it was it was a, it was a, it was a different experience, but I mean, I guess I'm I'm happy you you getting through this process, man, but I just, you know, I wanted to at least get one of our conversations on the phone or pretty much we do this about what three four times a week yeah yeah (laughs) you know because people probably people probably think like in miami like where is he at like i'm everywhere you ain't never there don't worry about it i need to know (laughs) right um we we live digitally anyway so it doesn't really matter right 
but like our con we joke like these our conversations have been like material that like you don't need shark tank just we, we'll talk to you get us get us get him get mike a mic and get me a good ginger beer and we'll get your business right like it's so many people that have gotten advice from us and don't want to give credit where credit is due and it's cool you know it's just kind of funny when you see people like jacking your concept trying to take tech beats and bites yeah. trying to do three name Love. things similar to you Love. yeah i'm in my suge night i'm doing my suge <laughs> night right now <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> or trying to figure out how you edit you know don't like you but want to use your video and photo footage <sighs> for their brand look man <laughs> i don't know i mean i'm trying to figure out do people not realize lurkers like i'm gonna tell you straight up i'm gonna tell y'all something right now bro I don't even really like stories like that. Like stories is not my thing. I, it took me a while to adjust to stories as a personal thing and even as a marketing thing. But I'm going to tell you what got me in the stories, mm-hmm. seeing that screen of who looking at your stuff and they can't hide it at that point. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> stories is nothing but a lurker's bait because my real people mm-hmm. always at least hit me with a, a smiley face or a thumbs up or something. But lurkers, mm. I just want y'all lurkers to know, y'all can't hide on stories. Right. I see who looking. Right. They look at your story or uh, my personal favorite with our show, with Tech Beats and Bites. Oh, when's the show? When's the next episode? We going to come to the next filming. Bruh. No, you're not. Right. <laughs> we get it. You're not going to show up. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, well, then don't- I'm not Nori and DJ EFN. I, I can't have celebrities. I don't have the great stories with hip hop artists. That's just not my life. Shout out to my boy DJ EFN, but like they killed that game. And the the funny part is they was killing that game forever. So I have respect for the predecessors, but bro, you ain't got to lie to me. I don't need false support. Maybe I look that insecure. Do I look that insecure that I <laughs> do I do I have like, you know, no. like the little support puppies have the little uh the sweater on. <laughs> do I look like I have a sweater on that says please please lie about supporting me even though you're not going to come through tell me you're going to come through? No, what it is is me you and Dante have these alpha we were told by an alpha you extra alpha personality. Oh, that and people are scared yeah. <laughs> and people are scared to lie to us, which I think is funny because it's like people know we see through it. Like we've been in rooms where we're the photographer or videographer and then they'll ask us questions and then we just change the whole dynamic of the discussion. Now the experts are like, oh, my God. Yes, we like your point of view. Can you come speak at our, one of our events? Uh, what that fee looking like, though? So that is, that's the part I was going to ask you about. I, I do have to figure that out, man, because... You know, we we went through this before together, but I meant to tell you, I just recently went through this. So I was filming, mm-hmm. got invited to film. Uh, the budget didn't afford multiple people, so it ended up being just me because, you know, we don't send multiple bodies on a job if we don't have to. Mm-hmm. So it's me filming. Then after I film, get booked for filming. Next thing, I get a dope plug from Amanda Spann. Amanda's like, yo, Mike's a good moderator. If I can't be there, so I'm going to refer him. She didn't even know I was filming, right? I don't even know if she really knows we film like that. So I get I get plugged for the moderator gig. So now I'm moderating and filming. So I got to run from, and I'm the first person speaking uh, with Tony Abrams. So I got to run from behind mm-hmm. the thing and I got to do my set, then run back to the camera and film for the rest of the day. So then Tony 
he I, he, I get an email from John. You know John. So yeah. John hits me up with an email, and John is like, yo, he always sends me these dope gigs. He's in some, like, underground group where they just have amazing posts, like all black tech entrepreneurs. So mm-hmm. Tony has a gig in there, and I'm like, oh, well, let me hit up Tony. So Tony made this comment. And I want to ask you, how do we overcome this? Tony says to me, wait, so you was filming a moderator and you're a graphic designer, UI, UX person? Like, what don't you do? I don't want to really be seen as the person that just does multiple things. But at the core, I'm an artist and I'm a designer. The other stuff is just, to me, open forms of communication. Like, I'm not a podcaster. Dante just buys dope equipment where I can record conversations and it becomes a podcast. Like, so I'm not trying to do everything, but I don't see why people don't put together the bridges that most of the stuff we do is closely related to one another. Photography, film, graphic design, and brand development. I mean, they're all within the same quorum. It's just like, am I only supposed to be able to do one of them? Yeah. Well, the problem is, and, and this is going to come off arrogant, but I'm an alpha, so whatever. It's not my fault. We, it's not our fault. We good at what we do because what used to make me mad about that is people don't see when everybody else is at the club, we reading up on YouTube videos and stuff to learn to be better. True. And I, I used to struggle with this, you know, even before I came to Miami and even a little bit there where it's just like, it makes people uncomfortable that you're that good at multiple things. And I think of like Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders. Like, especially because both of them were literally two major league sport athletes at the same time. Like, you go from playing football, which is its own intensity, to going to play baseball and back and forth. And people would tell them, you can't do it. And my thing is, don't project your limitations on me. Isn't it a time when Bo Jackson actually left one game to get to another one because the season was overlapping? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that ain't no different in life. Sometimes it overlaps because. We only got into audio and film because the print industry was slowing down. So we didn't have the markup exactly. no more. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, so you, real you talk, adapt. I didn't want to have to get behind a camera, but it was like, oh, man, these conferences ain't spending $50,000 on print material where you making 20 to 35% return from the markup because you get a broker's price. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And people like, oh, you overcharging me. No, I've been working with this print company. So this print company, you know, we've been good for business for 13 years. But like when that business died, it was like, hey, bro, we, we losing a clue. We losing about $150,000 in gross and probably, you know, that's a good tax write off, too, because you had the expenses. But we losing that in gross and then you losing that $50,000 in markup and profit. How are we going to make money? I was like, uh, don't you have a camera in there? I think we started off with like a Canon 5D or something, one of the baseline cannons. Uh-huh. And um, it was so distorted, man. We didn't even have it in medium four. Dante was shooting as mahogany something. It, it was just a whole nother company. I was like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, you, you bring up a good point in terms of adapt- adaptability. Most, right. One of the biggest things is most creatives and most entrepreneurs, after their initial idea, are not adaptive at all. And I used to, and when you sat in the classes I've taught, you know, one of the things I tell people is sometimes telling someone their idea <laughs> is whack is like telling <laughs> you mean that class? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, you ain't shit. I was just, I was just looking at the pictures of you in that class. I was trying just, not to just thinking, thinking about. It. <laughs> Yo, buddy, just got up and walked out. That was still classic to this day. Well, like one of the things about ideas is like when you tell someone their idea is whack, that's like the, they're telling them their baby is ugly. And a lot of people take it to that level. It's like, okay, your first idea isn't always your best idea, but people like magnetize to it. So, like you said, you you came out with a gra- with, in a background with graphic design. Like, if you get a graphic design degree in 2019, you're a fool. You need to. It's just like the music. You have to attach it to something. Yeah, you like, got to be no a UI is, UX designer. You got to know how to code with that design skill. Bottom line, right. Because if you're just like, I'm a graphic designer, I make logos and flyers. Ooh, you finna be an Uber driver. That's your new career. <laughs> Chris Rock said it's a you're whole a bunch jerk. of Uber drivers in this room. <laughs> hey, hey. I'm just saying. Hey, why your, your Uber driver turn around and, hey, I got my iPad. You want to check out my portfolio? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want you to focus on this road and make you sure this child point. lock ain't on so you ain't kidnapping me. That's what I want right. to do. You, you, want, you want these five stars? You better post it. <laughs> turn around. Turn, turn the air conditioning down and turn off this music. What are you listening to? This is trash. I'm like English, mijo. I'm like English, mijo. Quit talking to me, so, bro. I, mean, I don't like talking in the car as it is. Who are you? You. And it's the same It's same with a lot of these industries. Like, I know people who went to school and got like MFAs in photography and they're mad as hell because they look at me and it's like, you you don't know all the rules. No, but I know how to get paid. Like, so so I think you have to, after the last 20 years, and that's another lecture in itself, but in the span that you and I have graduated from high school to now, we've had the dot-com burst, we had 9-11, we had the recession, the 2008 recession, we had a black president, we had another incoming recession. So if you got a degree in the last 10, 10 years, And we your had your dissertation, trash. let's just put that in a part of history. Yeah, yeah, which I'm still working on. <laughs> yeah, that part. <laughs> Listen, we're not talking about this right now. <laughs> we, we're talking about everything. We just happen to be on a microphone. <laughs> I'm going to go with you the same way I do when it's silent. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, but all these things where it's like you got skills, like if you got a degree 15 years ago when digital marketing started, like you got to update your, your skill set. And a lot of people don't want to update their skill set because they think, I have a degree, you should pay me. And you and I have destroyed interns for this. It's like, you got a degree and, like, how are you moving, preparing to get better? Because we have to be better. Like, I, there ain't many photographers that can compete with me personally. That said, that doesn't mean I'm still not learning technique and to be better. Because the minute you stop learning, is someone else, like Jay-Z said in that rhyme and reason, some motherfucker eating, eating Apple Jacks not right. Shit. And that's right. what keeps me motivated. It's some kid watching my Instagram or looking at my photos like, dude, whack as hell. But I'm studying. And I get it because I've been that person. But it's the so, difference between us taking the time of, you know, taking the time of doing the stuff we do and putting together, like, working sessions. Like, I remember us, right. like, some of these nights, it'd be like, all right, we're going to do a deeper dive into this, and you're really waiting for everybody to go to sleep. And 1230, you, next thing you know, you're up for the two, next two hours, and you're like, all right, so we understand that. Let's add it to the repertoire. But 
I guess it's just a different level of hunger because I, you know, I go through that sometimes like, man, I feel like I should be doing more. But I started realizing I'm not doing my best because I haven't allowed myself to reset. You know, it's no different than mm. the computer. The computer is not going to run at an optimal level if you don't shut it down and restart it every once in a while. Exactly. And I think that's something to be said as a creative. And that goes to what I said was just even if it's not doing nothing, like one of the things that I still do is just go for a walk, listen to some music. And we're so triggered to do. Sometimes you forget to be. And as like philosophical as it sounds, and sometimes you just got to do nothing. Like, like just listen to music and just, just listen. Like, don't, man, it'll just motivate me because when you don't allow yourself to reset when you need to go hard, then that's the moment you burn out. So I got a pet peeve I want to address with you real quick. Mm-hmm. Delayed posts on Facebook and people talking about topics they know nothing about. <coughs> I just want to get that out there because we've you've, you've texted me about it a couple of times. Uh-huh. I've thrown some side eyes at you with a couple of posts a couple of times, but I want to address that. Bro, what's going I mean, I'm trying to figure out, am I an addict or do people really just not like information? Because, like, I, I'm reading one right now, man. And, you know, mm-hmm. I really don't want to time the conversation because it's supposed to be like a timeless conversation. But, all right, so he's impeached and they like, oh, y'all wait to the last year to get him out of the office. What was the point? Like, but, you know, have you but read people anything? Don't, like, what? what are, but people don't. People don't like information that they have to chew. Why does everybody uh, just have a, to be a part of a trend, man? Why not actually gain knowledge? Because that requires labor and effort. So it's funny you talk about the impeachment. And, like, one of the little sidebars is I've actually read the Mueller report. I, yeah, I'm that nerdy. So I've read the Mueller oh, report. Oh, Alicia read I've it, act- too, and she reads fast. I wish I could read as fast as y'all. I don't have that skill set, man. I wish I could read fast. <laughs> I be seeing movies and I be seeing the scenes and everything. Like I just can't read fast. It's man, trust me. You stay in books long enough, it forces you to do it. Yeah, I mean, so as a lawyer, case, I get it. In your case, as a doctor, I get it. I mean, you know. Okay, well, go ahead. So, like, I've actually read the book by Robert Mueller. I read the book by Andrew McCabe. I read the book Such by Jim nerd. Clapper. <laughs> so like all of the key higher ups in federal law enforcement that are re- related to this I've read how's Clapper's so, book by the way Clapper's book is hilarious like okay. all of these people I would love to just sit down and have a straight up talk with them Jim Clapper was the best one because he was just like he's like he reminds me of James Nichols like an older white guy that's a straight shooter and will throw some bars at you but give you some gifts gotcha so what people don't understand about impeachment is people associate impeachment with like you get locked up immediately. For those who don't remember, Clinton was impeached for getting some head, but he ultimately wasn't pulled out of office because impeachment only means you're getting a trial. So hold on. First of all, I got some young people that's probably going to listen to this. Let's just clear that part up. He was impeached for perjury of lying about was, his relations with Lewinsky. Right. He was impeached on perjury for felonious activity with a young lady that worked for him. There we go. See how I made that all nice and clean? I ain't need to be clean. Um, I don't give a damn. He lied about getting some head. <laughs> he could have just... <laughs> <laughs> he, if, so I'm wondering, if he would have just told the truth about it, what would have happened? Like, no, nobody he, ever has that conversation. No, because, I mean, if you... Oh, yeah, that's another conversation. I'm but just saying, so if Trump. he would have just said, yo, Hillary, you weren't coming through. Monica topped me off real quick. So um, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I did. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I think he would have, he would have got away with it because the news cycle was different. Because if that would have, if Bill Clinton's incident happened in today, it would have been more intense, but it would have been forgotten about faster. So if he would have apologized cycle, faster, admitted to mm-hmm. his wrong, what do you think? So I'm thinking like two scenarios. Clinton apologizes faster. Hunting Biden never takes a job with Ukraine. What is the mm-hmm. actual defense of the Republicans right now? Nothing, because even with the Hunter Biden thing, they really don't have teeth. It's kind of like when you fail your class, but you're trying to make the A student look like an ass because you got a C because he got a C. Mm-hmm. That's literally what we're dealing with. Yeah, like, I, I hated those curved students. I ain't even gonna lie. I was a nerd in <laughs> high school, right? So, you are the same here. I hate it. Like, bro, wait, wait. Why they get to get a B on the curve? I don't need 115. I got 100. <laughs> like, let my 100 right. rest. Let me be great. Why are they getting a, why they got to get a B? Because you a bad teacher? Or are they just stupid? <laughs> like, what? I, didn't, I, I hated the curve. That's what I hated. See, all of the I just, yeah, bro. I hated the curve. I worked hard. I had to study. My dad was mean. Getting a B was really not acceptable. A C was just not happening. I had to go through all that suffering. If you fail, you fail. Don't be curving these grades. <laughs> but but it, <laughs> nice flashback, nice triggered moment. <laughs> but you <laughs> went somewhere. But in the case of Clinton, I think it would have been cool. The problem with Trump is, and my, I, I'm not a fan of Trump by any stretch of the imagination. But we can't compare felonious oh, no, activity. You from Chicago? Sex- you got them tendencies. <laughs> Hey, look, hey, hey, I had to. It was there. It was it was totally available. I only introduced those in certain situations. <laughs> like we can't compare a man lying about a sexual act with a man who literally gives away national security secrets on TV. Oh, let's, I thought you was about to say okay. a man that compares about a sexual act to a man that thinks he's Jesus. I thought you was about to talk about Kanye for a second there. My bad. Oh, no, we didn't even. Uh, hey, shout out to Kanye West, but he got his own issues. I mean, he's getting that money. He's touring with Joe Osteen. Bro, I just want someone on. to throw can a we, shoe can at we, him. Can we put a pin in what you about to talk about and talk about that? <laughs> I don't care yes. what kind of concerts y'all think y'all doing. You ain't making no Joe Osteen money. Bro, that's a whole <laughs> other level. <laughs> that's a whole different kind of hustle. <laughs> Joe Osteen, that's like signing right. with The Rock. That is, that is... <laughs> Jesus Nation. That is pretty much like signing with Rock Nation is signing with Joe Olstein. Yeah. I just is it bad though? I just kinda wanna see what happens if Kanye and Olstein are performing in an area that's flooding. Is he gonna lock the doors or is Kanye gonna make them open them? I'm just wondering <laughs> if Kanye opens up a church, how many of these black pastors does he surpass? Oh, he's gonna surpass all of them. You know what I'm saying? Because he's gonna give away a C- one C D and they're gonna give to the Church of Jesus. And it's just going to go downhill. It's, okay, it's so do you totally think he opens up a church? Is is the end conclusion yep. that Kanye opens up a church? I think he's going to try it. I didn't think so, but now he's working with Osteen. He's going to, I think he's going to try it. I don't see and how it fails because gonna, I think it becomes a place of worship and praise and that's it. He never really gets too deep in church, but it becomes a place of worship and praise, which means he just makes continuous off the chart gospel music. Now, let me say why I say off the chart gospel music. Cause he's just going to make non-traditional gospel music and he just gets the, mm. just gets the, I hate, I, you know, it's messed up cause we about to talk about rap music. So any, any adjective or synonym is just not good to put with Christ. He's about to murder it, kill it. He's about to, you just can't say none of that, but he's about to just change the game. 
yeah. He's gonna raise. He's gonna resurrect music. <laughs> he is gonna raise hell in the music industry. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just think. I think it's gonna be out of control. I think twenty twenty, Kanye becomes a billionaire because of Yeezys and church. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I don't. I question his spiritual integrity in terms of you know, but ultimately, time will tell. But okay. on a business level, I have something to say about that, and we haven't even talked about it. You want to tell you why I don't really question it? Hmm. How many pastors are just straight up and down, anyways? Not many, but I mean, large pastors is a whole other thing. But but uh, I I, I, I mean, say that caveat. I'm sorry, my local pastors were doing trash. So again, oh, trust me, I can I, I can tell you a lot about that. My heart, but so my one head. of my biggest heartaches comes from what a pastor did. And that's why I got out of church. So I don't see Kanye no different than I see most pastors. Hands down, like the last pastor I got close to was cheating on his wife. That was two years but, ago. He just got divorced. But I divorced. think we all we we forget that. And I I was going to say my caveat is we sometimes put people in on pedestals. And in a black community, the pastor has been like since slavery, like one of the highest positioned platforms of people in a black community and we forget pastor drink pastor do all this so that's why i temper my comments with kanye but then i also realize with anybody i just let time tell the truth because everyone starts out the gate a certain way either really good real bad we just wait and see when did he start dating kim i think after he got done with uh amber dandelion whatever her name was amber was that after yeezus I think I think it was around Jesus. I just you should listen to some. I don't care what nobody say. Ain't nobody had a follow up game like Kanye. Have you ever realized how much he rapped about Kim before he had Kim? Mm-hmm. Gold Digger was all about Kim. He was putting out. <laughs> he was putting out the notes. Like I, I forgot what she is. Like whatever her background is, he was putting. I out, think Armenian. Yeah, he was talking about how all I want is an Armenian girl, digital girl, mm-hmm. with Jamie on the the Jamie Fox track. Before he landed mm-hmm. Kim, he was spitting lyrics about Kim. Mm-hmm. Amber should have known knew, uh, he, she didn't have a chance. I ain't never seen yeah. him drop a lyric about a mixed girl. <laughs> well, I mean, Amber was just some shit to do. Like, sorry, like Amber. Amber wasn't. Amber was the rebound after the Delta he dated, and it didn't work out. That's Amber was the bounce back. Has Amber's status changed since then? Absolutely, Amber is worth half a penny. She still ain't something to do. For who? Like she ain't even good at that no more. (laughs) 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 That's why you got to let the conversation just keep going. Because the longer (laughs) it lasts, you really forget you being recorded. All right. So I mean, hey, I, I hey, that's just how I feel. I think the problem with Amber, and this is my opinion, I think Amber now is addicted to fame on social media. So it's just like people say hot takes or do things because it's that allure. Like I got to be known for something. I got to do something. I think of yeah, if I don't Amber disappears, I don't get the slut walk. I understand the a woman shouldn't be validated in her sexual desires. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. your life. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I don't think you get to be out there and ju- just be trash. I mean, I know we haven't really got into it, but it's like with Lizzo. Like, I get what she's doing, but I don't care if Lizzo was skinny. Some of the stuff she's doing is just not excusable. 
It's not. But you know, when you say stuff like that, you're hating. And then the thing I, I've learned fuck. to do, <laughs> I've learned, I've learned to just not comment because if I can't have a healthy debate with you, like I'm not going to get into it because you're going to say I'm hating. And you're right. The thing is, Lizzo could have been built like a bean pole. It's just not cool. First off, let's just let's just have this convo. Why you got your bare booty, butthole, naked ass cheeks on the seat at the Staples Center? You know let's what? Like that. I say, if people want to talk about, okay, let's remove the fat shaming. If Michelle Obama showed up in Lizzo's outfit and did what Lizzo did, would it have been okay? Mm-hmm. So let's remove. I mean, we ain't even talking about the body. It's what she did. And first right. of all, then, that thong looked like a black line down her back. It just didn't look first, good. <laughs> first off, I want to send my prayers to that thong because I know it was just traumatized. Just See, holding now you're fat shaming. See, now you are fat shaming, sir. No, I'm not. I am talking about the uh, construction of a garment that looked like it was highly distressed in a certain situation. I didn't say nothing about her size. I said, I am praying for that garment. Different. <laughs> so I was trying to figure out, I saw the video. It was a girl shaped like her that like did a split on the table. Was that Lizzo or just a different girl? It might have been a different girl, um, but I, no, it might have been Lizzo because I think they were saying that whoever the young lady was, she uh, negatively impacted that desk she was standing on. You can take that how you want. All right. So I, <laughs> I had you. I, I know the time limits. I know you got stuff to do. I didn't had you for a cool hour. Um, it wasn't uh, no pauses. It wasn't no extra. So it was a great conversation. But I do have some stuff I do want to ask you. Uh, OK, real quick. What you been listening to last week? Last week, uh, the game's new album is actually dope. Um, Guy Sebastian, Guy Sebastian, Mac Ayers, new one. He's okay. got a new joint with the Hamiltons. Actually, you'll like it called "Let Me Drink." You should use it for the brewery. You can okay. thank me later. Gotcha. Um, Mac Ayers, Sir, and Joel Ortiz. Oh, and Niza, me, because uh, I'm studying music again because I'm working on something. All right, so I got. I already got all your stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You said what? Repeat it one more time for the people that's listening. Um, the game. All right. Uh, Guy Sebastian, Mac Ayers, Joel Ortiz, okay, Sir, and Nizem. Any good books or podcasts that I should listen to or pick up on? Um, only one I listen to beside ours is Joe Budden podcast. It's because Joe is a surly old man that's in hip hop and he always gives me some laughs without fail. That boy stay in um, his podcast. Huh? That boy stay in his feelings. Love it though. He's so real about it. Um, the book, right? The book right now I'm listening to is the book, Eric B and Rakim's book. Don't sweat the technique. Really dope book. Cause it's, uh, narrated by him. Oh, and dope. I just got the, and, uh, and he, he gets into how his rhyme schemes, how he created them. It's just next level. Like as a creative, you should check that out too. And then I just got the Michael Eric Dyson book on Jay Z. Like, how was it's that? a little. I'm I'm a halfway through it. Like it's dope, but Michael Eric Dyson sometimes sounds too PhD and almost like a dick ride. I'll just say that. Like sometimes he, knows he just reminds subject. me of a a better better version of Jesse Jackson with his rhyming scheme when Jesse used to yeah, do all that rhyming. Yeah, he does that sometimes, and like. It's kind of awkward listening to Michael Eric Dyson recite Jay-Z lyrics 
Like, oh, I hate when he do that online. I hate not online. Just, when he do that on CNN with Don Lemon, I can't stand that. Bro. It, it just sounds off. You know, it just it sounds like off. your uncle trying. Yeah, it's just like it's like your uncle trying to do like the nene or something. It's like stop. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right. So yeah, so I know what you're listening to. to. I know what you're reading. Any particular movies? Mine's right now is uh, Six Underground. I got to finish that tonight. Uh, Six Underground and Repri- Reprisal, Reprisal, mm-hmm. which is a Hulu original, is really dope. Hmm. Um, uh, what you watching? Um, right now I just got Prime back, so I'm watching Jack Ryan and Bosch. Yo, um, I ain't even gonna lie, bro. I got so many passwords. I got access to everything. I'm on overload right now. And then I haven't, I, yeah, I, and, and this is a cardinal sin to some people, but I've yet to see the Wu-Tang thing because I just wanted the hype to die down. I just really wanted to see it, and I'm kind of hyped now to watch it because I just saw Ghostface Live yesterday. So, so how are you going to watch it, it, though? Because you got to remember, there's the four-part four, four part special. Now, I mm-hmm. would advise you to watch the four-part special and make sure you get to watch part four to get Divine, which is... um. Riz's brother watched a yeah. four part special to get Divine's perspective on how it really ended in his view before you start mm-hmm. watching the the uh, saga. All right, cool. I'm, I'm gonna definitely check that out. And I mean, Christmas coming up, so I'm looking forward to binging on these shows and just kind of rocking out movies. Um, I've seen everything I think I wanted to see this year. Um, the last movie I saw was Queen and Slim, which was hold on, cool hold on. For what it was. I'm gonna drop a gem on you for Queen and Slim. Oh, do tell. So, with Queen and Slim, do you remember when I hit you up with the concept in 2017 for Love, Bed, and Breakfast? Yeah, I remember. You remember that? Uh-huh. All right. So, Love, Bed, and Breakfast. I'm going to read this to you real quick. Check it out. So, it says, um, yo, morning I was tagged in the post in regards to needing black male actors. I'm inquiring about the post and wanting to gather more information. My name is, I'm going to leave his name out right now. Thank you. And I was like, cool, you live in South Florida? He's like, yes, I do. Cool. My family all went to Tuskegee because I'm looking at his page at this point. If you grew up there, ever lived there, I got a role for you in a webisode you would be perfect for. He's like, all my folks are from there. My grandmother was the first Tuskegee female mechanic. I attended Benedict in South Carolina, who was the character. And he said, I lived there briefly. I was like, the character is based loosely on me. It's a tech drama comedy. It says, tech drama sounds interesting. Well, I would like to read the characters right now. I was like, I can send you my bio. The goal is to be like me, sarcastic, introvert, extrovert, country boy, outspoken. I don't want to be Spike Lee in the situation and be in front and behind in the camera. So I need someone who is naturally has the parts of me in their life. He's like, hell, that sounds like me. But yeah, send it over. I feel you, though. Cool. So this Saturday, I send it. I was like, LOL. Damn. I tried to get you to play me two years ago, and now you are a star. Congratulations. So dope to see people win. I'm going to have to share this story. And so he replies laughing. It's wild, bro. I appreciate it. Proud of you, man. Ride it out. If I get the funds, we are going to make that movie one day. As long as I can book you directly and not go through 10 agents, you did a great job. Guess who that person was? Bertrand Boyd. Yep. <laughs> and for Small people world. that don't know Bertrand Boyd, Bertrand Boyd 
was the quote unquote villain and the guy at the end of Queen and Slim that got them caught up. And that was who I pitched to, to be exact, uh, August, no, July 15th, 2017, he responded to me at 9.37 a.m. when we was talking about the script for Love, mm. Bed, and Breakfast. See, shows you on to something, bro. Shows you on to something. It's not even that. I wanted to leave with that as a closing thing, even though you brought up Queen and Slim, which I thought was a great movie. I think one of the closing things to say is don't overthink your talent or your process, man. Just put the mm. shit out mm. there. Because if you don't get it out there, you never know. Now, granted, I'm not a director by any means, and I, I know how to focus the camera. I have creative eyes. But just imagine if I would have already recorded with Veteran, had it on film somewhere, even if it was rough and messed up, just how much easier it would have been to go pitch it to somebody if I said, yo, the lead character was in Queen and Slim. Mm-hmm. Now, understand Fact. what I'm saying, people. This has nothing to do with me at this point. This doesn't make me good. This doesn't make my work better. This doesn't make the story better. But simply being able to go and say, the person from Queen and Slim is the lead actor. 80% more people would be willing to say, let me see what you got. Yep. Yep. So, man. And on that note, <laughs> appreciate know. it. Yeah, bro. I appreciate your time. What, no problem. As Dion Cole said, well, that's it. <laughs> so it's uh, it's only nine o'clock, man. You doing a late gym run or what's up? Uh, I'm actually editing these shots uh, from Ghostface last night now to knock out. And then after that, I'm going to just do some push-ups. Oh, so and, you'll be uh, done in 17 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 18. <laughs> and telling the client it might not be ready till Monday. <laughs> Hey, man, I just want to say, uh, appreciate you for being a friend. Appreciate you for being my brother. Uh, the journey with you these last couple of years has been dope. Uh, you know, you don't expect to meet a best friend or someone close to this lady in your life, but um, you've been a blessing to my life, man. I really appreciate you as a person, but uh, really appreciate you as my brother, man. I really appreciate the conversations you allowed me to have answering the phone at 2 o'clock in the morning when shit just wasn't going right. But I just want to be able to say thank you. Uh, so at least there's one place in this world when this post goes up, you can always listen to this if something dramatic happens to me. Just to remember, I appreciated everything you did for me, man. Hey, no problem. That's what brothers is for, bro. All right, man. Y'all, y'all heard it. Fuck it. This mic is on. It's Michael Hall. We'll check y'all out on the next run. One boy, David Stewart. Peace. Bye. <laughs> Later.